I'm Des. And I'm Jay. And welcome to your weekly dose of Savage Reality. Hello, sister. Hola. What's up? (laughs) It's good. I'm just enjoying my Labor Day weekend. I took off Friday and I'm off tomorrow. So I have a lot of recovery. I forgot tomorrow is Labor Day. (laughs) That's exciting. Yay. Nah, I guess that really makes a big difference for you since you work from home, but you know, still. Yeah, but still, I can go to the gym and then just At a normal time, yeah. (laughs) Instead of waking up at the ass, crack it on. I I don't like going, honestly, well, I went to the gym yesterday morning, and I think I'm going to switch one day out of the week and start going on Saturday mornings. I really liked it. Um, In which yesterday morning, I think I still went up, I got up and went at seven. So a little later than I normally do, but I just can't get too late into the morning because I don't like to eat before I work out. And then if I wait too long, I feel like I have to eat something. But then when I eat before I work out, I feel so disgusting during my workout. So Mm. early morning just works best for me. That's fair. (laughs) When I was going to spin still consistently, I would like maybe eat a banana or something like that oh my god when i just saw your legs in the video i didn't know what that was listen i didn't eat it <laughs> scared the like, shit I out of me. Back there and i was like what is that <laughs> i was like oh it's my legs <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah so like before i would go to spin i would like maybe be able to eat like a banana or something like super light like that but typically mm-hmm. i wouldn't if i went in the morning but like if i went at night, I had to have basically like a full day's worth of food before I went or else I felt like I had no energy. It was really weird. Yeah. When I was teaching still, I can't remember what year this was. It might've been year three of teaching. I went to the gym after school. I don't know how in the fuck I ever did that. Mm-hmm. Don't know how. I could never be like, okay, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Now let me go put in two hours at the gym. It's not happening. Yeah, you yeah. also work out for an insane amount of time. Well, I'm trying to lift heavier, so like I have to go slower, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, if you say so. Anyways, y'all, so we are excited to get into the second set of episodes covering the ultimatum season two so today we're talking episodes four through seven which is i would say the messiest of the set um because we just have a lot of stuff going on so we're gonna go ahead and just get right into it Uh, but we start episode four and the couples are starting off in their trial marriages and so when we're looking at this episode, I think it would probably be easiest to talk about them couple by couple. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Let's do that. Okay, cool. So we see Roxanne and Alex. Yay, they get to work together. Basically, is like the most important thing to say. Yeah, I'm just like, because is this the episode where 
it was like, oh my gosh, it's so nice. Like we're both working and then they come out in the kitchen and make lunch or something. Mm -hmm. and both go spend more time working. And I'm like, yeah. again, business partner, not life partner. No, definitely and not. I mean, after this whole set of episodes, not even business partner. So like, mm -mm. there's that. Yep. Mm -mm. Exactly. And all they talk about is work. So they're going to have okay. a super fucking boring time together. Um, then they go on a day date and they're talking about their difference in opinion of marriage. And Roxanne is saying, from a woman's perspective, I feel like marriage is something basically that like slows us down because mm -hmm. we have to be so concerned about not only ourselves, but also our partners, children, if they're in the mix. Whereas Alex is like, no, I see marriage as something that strengthens both of you. Like, it's so nice to be able to have a person who's going through the same things as you and who's able to talk about the same stuff as you and so on and so forth. And it makes you feel stronger together. And I was like, this difference of opinion, friends, is in heterosexual couples, how we experience marriage differently. What do you mean? So like... I feel like I can't remember what it was. I was reading some statistic or listening to a podcast or something. And I remember that they said that men in marriages have it so much easier because women are doing so much of the typically emotional labor and physical mm -hmm. labor of like maintaining a household. It's like we're mm -hmm. cooking, we're cleaning, we're doing laundry, like all of those things that like traditionally we're supposed to do, but also the things that we traditionally were supposed to do when we didn't fucking work. And so now that we work, we're working all day or however long, and then we're also doing all of that stuff on top of the dudes who just get to work and then come home and basically just fucking exist. Like, in traditional mm. marriages, they don't have to do shit. So yeah, for sure, for you, it's so much better because you don't have to do anything when you come home. You like maybe make a dinner here or there. You maybe randomly clean the toilet one day, but like you're not consistently doing that unless you have set up your partnership such that you have split the work like that. So for me, I'm like, yeah, of course you think it's going to be easier because you're not going to have to do anything. It is going to be easier for you. Right, right. right. You don't and have, I can't like, remember what it was. of being an adult mm -hmm. is taken off of men in marriages because yep. there's not the communication piece. Like for me, it would have to be like, listen, we both live here. So I need both of us, whether or not, because, you know, Michael hates cleaning. He doesn't see the purpose in it. Well, I won't say he hates it, but he doesn't see the purpose in it. If it were yeah. his way, there would just be shit everywhere all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just kinda like, oh, you know, like whatever. Um, but that's not my standard or expectation. Right. So he, do, I mean, gosh, night and fucking day from mm -hmm. Oxford to here. <laughs> night and fucking day. So yeah, so but for other guys whose partners don't hold them to that standard, it's like, okay, what am I getting out of this? Because I'm doing everything I would have to do if I were by myself and more mm -hmm. because you're not even doing half. So yeah. Exactly. So exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, well, yeah, sure. Of course you thought it was going to be great. Um, but again, that's just how we experience the world very differently. And I don't know what it's like in 
queer marriages or relationships. Like I'm sure there's still probably one person who does the brunt of the work more, but I don't think there's like a natural way that that just happens outside of like, what did you say? It has to be a conversation. For sure. And I think too, unless like, you know, one partner isn't working or whatever, like then I think it would make sense because don't get me wrong. If I didn't work, I would do all that shit happily. Like, why not? I'd be here. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have anything else to do. But no, when I work all day, especially with my late hours, working sometimes from like 9 to 7 p.m., the last fucking thing I want to do is come home and make dinner for me and someone else. Because like when Mm -hmm. I lived alone and I had those hours, I made one thing for dinner and that was the whole fucking week. So like the most I would have to do is heat up leftovers, which is manageable. But like, I'm not cooking anything from fucking scratch at that point. Absolutely not. Because then I'm not eating until like 8.30 or 9, which sometimes I still eat at 8.30 anyway. But that's just because of poor time management, not because I have to. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, and you know, we've learned a lot about Alex in this series of episodes. So, you know, his thought process after, after learning more about who Alex is, it's not really that surprising. (laughs) No, it's not. It is not. But moving on. So Ryan and Trey, these two are just like smooth fucking sailing. Wait, before we move on from Roxanne and Alex, are we also going to talk about them meeting the parents? Like, are we we chunking everything like that? I forgot about that. Let's do that because they're the only people, though, that do that this episode. So I didn't even like process Mm -hmm. it. But yes, so they meet his parents first. Right. Right. And right. I was like, of course, Roxanne's in love with this dude. If I went to his parents' home, I too would be in love with this dude. Like their home is so beautiful. They have a house on the lake. They have a big ass boat. Like she sees success. She sees dollar signs when she meets his family. And this like also after learning more about Alex's personality, it just makes so much more sense. Like you were probably that kid who was given absolutely everything. Um, you have every resource at your disposal. Mm-hmm. And so he's one of those people who probably like the only path for him was to be successful, even though I'm probably sure he's probably like a Buster Murdoch who is really like fucked up in a lot of areas. But because his parents have their shit together, they probably covered it up. <laughs> and so here we are. And he hasn't had to face the repercussions of any of the negative things that he's ever done in his life, I'm sure, clearly, based on the way he speaks. And so, yeah. Yeah, it also seems like, and I think we get into this in a later episode, he's just never really had any, like, major struggles. Or if he has, he doesn't talk about them at all. He don't know what struggle is at all. (laughs) Struggle for him is, like, the argument they get into about cleaning on Sundays. That's probably, like, the realest struggle he's ever encountered in life. (laughs) And so when they're going to meet Alex's family, Roxanne is like, yeah, I'm not nervous. Like, parents love me. I have my shit together. I know exactly what I need to say. I'm considerate. I'm caring. I'm kind. And I'm like, honestly, I think you just talk so much that it's really hard for them to say anything to you that would sound like they don't like you because you don't let them get a sentence out. Yeah, Roxanne, I love a woman who's confident because like if you're not going to toot your own horn, no one else is. But fuck, uh-huh. 
she mm. toots and toots and toots until like your ears start to bleed and it's like girl just dial it back it's great that you're a catch but then also there's a part of me like people who do that it goes back to that comment i made about the empty wagon squeak the loudest it's like do you truly believe those things about yourself because if you did like i don't feel like you would have to go around saying it i yeah. believe all those things about myself i know i'm the shit. i know i'm a catch i know i'm if i allow you to get to know me you're gonna love me but i don't say that stuff because i don't need to like i just know it and i can walk mm -hmm. in that confidence so i don't know it's just it's giving very much maybe she is insecure and so like she has to keep reinforcing those things to herself but then you know she's persian and you said persian people i never watched shaws of sunset oh you but should. the it's few so times cool. i did like see it with mom i'm like oh wow y'all mm -hmm. are a lot mm -hmm. so like maybe it's just her being a lot mm, yeah yeah it could be a cultural thing for sure and i get like to some extent like you're saying like gassing yourself up 100 percent. but i'm like girl she you're just coming her. across like he's she's coming across so like insecure almost like she's overcompensating right. and i'm like yeah. i don't actually think that you need to no no not unless your startup is actually failing you know right but which i would be interested I mean, to know if it is or right not. what her yeah same same but, but alas no. so with his parents they talk about business 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 it reminds me of like did you ever watch romeo and michelle's high school reunion i did but i can't remember anything specific about it well, it's funny because like it reminds me of when when they're going to their high school reunion and they yeah. are like trying to pretend like they're super successful businesswomen. And so they buy these like skirt sets and they go mm -hmm. to this restaurant on the way to the reunion and they're like, oh, yeah, do you have like a businesswoman special? And they like borrow someone's fucking cell phone. And like, it's just so fucking weird. But like, <laughs> she reminds me of that. Like, oh, okay. oh yeah, I'm like business, business, business. I've got to be an entrepreneur. Like, that's what this looks like. And I'm like, girl, like, calm right. down. It is okay. Yeah. It is totally okay. But again, they were not entrepreneurs. Granted, I'm not saying Roxanne isn't, but like, they were just trying to do too much to look successful versus mm -hmm. like you were saying, just being successful. Yeah. But anyway, and so they were talking about how she's in business and how that has kind of colored her vision on marriage, even though her parents have a strong marriage and there's really no reason for her to feel the way that she does. But mm -hmm. his parents are saying, well, no, actually we both have had our own businesses and it's been really nice to talk with each other about what we're going through and our struggles. And she's like, oh my God, yes. I'll talk business with you all the time. And I'm like, oh my God. Again, like, are you going to talk about anything else? Ever? Right. It's giving business partners. That's what you're looking for. Not a life partner. I think or investors. Right. Right. And I don't, I don't know if I would want there to be that, that much of a mix between my personal and professional life. Like when Michael and I were both working at the University of Mississippi, we grit it we were not where we are now but like i couldn't imagine us both still being in athletics because life would just suck you know like yes we would be able to relate to one another like okay yeah you had a shitty day i had a shitty day your boss sucks my boss sucks but then it's like how do we separate that so i feel like it's good yeah. that like he's in his space i'm in a completely different space because mm -hmm. to me it's like more balance I wouldn't yeah. want to like it's it's there's a difference i feel like from having someone who can like understand and empathize with what you're going through and then mm -hmm. someone who like is going through the exact same thing so you guys are both in a shitty place you know 
No, I totally agree. And I feel like when you have to be in a very, very specific and special kind of couple to be able to work with each other like that, because I think about some of the people that like I watch on TV, like, you know, Shay and Sid McGee from Dream Home Makeover, and they sold everything to start that business. Mm -hmm. And they both had to be all in. And I'm like, what if y'all were all in and the shit didn't work? And now you were having to like restart in life right you know it just feels very risky granted the risk is clearly paying off for them but like i just know you also have to be a very specific type of person to be able to work with your partner and not let it become all about business all the time especially when you're entrepreneurs because if you can it'll take over your life Mm -hmm. and so yeah it couldn't be me right same could not be me and she basically shares with his family that she feels like at this point at least that alex is a better fit for her than antonio just because of how he presents himself and the things that he's involved in versus what antonio is involved in ding 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 how he presents himself so before i even watch the other we're on episode four before i watched Uh the other three episodes in this episode when i was looking at their their dynamic i was like the question I wrote down is Alex just a smooth talker? Yeah, a hundred percent. He's a salesman. He has to be. But I didn't really realize that until I got into those other episodes. Mm. So now knowing what I know, it's like, yeah, you're you are infatuated with the idea that he presents to the world. Right. Now that you've had these other conversations with him, you see he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know why people get so wrapped up in like having a partner that quote unquote looks the part or you know what I mean? It's yeah. like all those smoke and mirrors, like peel all that back. Who are they? Mm-hmm. It feels like a really white people thing to be totally honest, because yeah. I feel like they're so focused on perception and like, as long as it looks okay, no one's right. actually going to like question you about your shit. It's just like, Oh my God, they look so perfect. And you know, not to generalize, but Whenever you watch those specials on TV about people who looked the part and then someone was a fucking axe murderer, it's always white people. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's like that one dating show. What fucking was it? And one of the contestants on the dating show ended up being a serial killer. What? And he killed his girlfriend and cut her up and put her into a suitcase in another <gasps> country. But we watched the show. Oh, I'm going to have to try to Google it. But yes, because on the show, he was one, obviously, because I'm a cancer and I read through bullshit. I was like, no, he's giving creepy on top of fucking creepy. But mm. the chick who was like picking the dudes was like, oh, mm. no, he's so sweet. And, da, 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 da. and it's like, OK, but did you pull back all those layers to see that he was a serial killer who ended up later killing his girlfriend? Nope, you didn't. Let me figure out what that was, but continue. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't remember that show, but I'll be very, or I guess I don't remember that story coming out of that show, but I'll be very interested to see what it was. And so on the flip side of that, we have Kat, who is with Antonio. So the Roxanne and Alex's partners are with each other. And so the first time that we see them in this episode, Antonio has planned a picnic um, notably with some Prosecco from Costco, which I was like, sir, are you kidding me? But like, whatever, but still like yeah. <laughs> maybe $12 a bottle. I always notice these things y'all because I enjoy good champagne. Um, but anyways, and so this is how 
he is demonstrating to us, the audience, and to Kat that he has a romantic side. And Antonio says that he hasn't really done a lot of those things before, mostly because he's been broke. He hasn't really been able to focus on this is what I would do for fun because I've never had the money to do the things that I wanted to do, like go to concerts, go on trips, what have you. And then he has this whole set of beliefs that he shares with us about how he thinks that women specifically want to feel taken care of in a marriage. And while I would agree that yes, we do, and I wouldn't just say in a marriage, I would say in any relationship, people want to feel taken care of, but that can mean so many different things. And for him, it's clearly all financial. He sees doing romantic things as a way to say, I can take care of you financially instead of just, I can take care of you emotionally or mentally or anything. Like, regardless of whether or not you have money, you can still be romantic. You can still demonstrate that you can take care of somebody. Hell, killing a bug for me makes me feel safe. Like, I don't want to do that. So if you're going to do that, yay, thank you so much. But for him and Roxanne, I would say, I think they're both on the same page. It's clearly all financial. And I think this is where it's so important to communicate with your partner about what does it look like for you when when you say as a man that you want to be able to provide what does that look like and then vice versa for the woman woman what does that look like um or if you're in a homosexual relationship for your partners like what does that look like and that's the thing too like there are so many things you could do to be romantic that don't require money like you said killing the which me i'm an acts of service um person so like Like you do acts of service or you want acts of service done for you? Well, both. But if someone is trying to show me their love, I want that to be shown in acts of service. Oh, same. Um, I'm just an acts of service. Like, I just like to do things for the people I care about. If I don't care about you, not fucking happening. So You also like gifts? I don't like gifts. No, no, no. Like you giving people gifts. Oh, yes. (laughs) Not like getting them, no. I know. And that's what, cause you know, Michael, he like hates Valentine's day and the, that shit like that. But I love it because I love to give people gifts. I love to see their reaction when I give them gifts. Yeah. Like I love for them to realize like, okay, she's been listening. She's been putting in a lot of thought. Like mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. That, that really excites me. But yes, as an acts of service person, when a man says that he wants to provide, I don't need you to provide financially, mm-hmm. but like you said, kill a bug. Great. Mm take out the trash. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, or you want to be romantic, run a bubble bath with some, light uh, some candles. Let's listen to man. some music. It'd be great if you got in the bath with me, but if not, that's okay. Cause I know adults, <laughs> most adults don't like baths. Sure <laughs> I'm not. not one of those. <laughs> you know, like let's have a little, a movie night in the living room, like make a palette, which we did one night, which was very funny. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just so many things that you could do that do not require money. Mm-hmm. And I hate it get so hung up on in order for me to be valuable in a relationship. I have to be financially stable or financially provide. Mm-hmm. Hate that. No, and I think I too, it also challenges men mm-hmm. when a woman is like, I don't need you to provide for me financially. Mm-hmm. So it makes them have to like dig deep to think, okay, the world tells me this is what women want. Now this woman is telling me this is not what she wants, but then this is also how I equate my value as a man. Mm-hmm. So now like 
how do I unlearn that and look for other ways to be valuable? And I think like just being able to provide financially is just easy. Oh, for I'm sure. Provider, I can just throw some money out there. And it's like, no, 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 no. Right. I can throw my own money out there. So like <laughs> figure out a different way to be valuable. And I think it's challenging for men. And I wonder if that's why they would rather just be able to provide, financially provide mm -hmm. so they don't have to do that much thinking. Or listening. Or because listening. it's clear that Roxanne has said to Antonio, these are the things that I would like you to be able to do outside of the money. And he still doesn't fucking do them. Exactly. So you're allowing money to be the excuse as to why you don't do those things. It doesn't cost anything to open her door. It doesn't sure don't. cost anything out her chair it doesn't cost mm -mm. anything to cook her a meal mm -mm. none of that it doesn't cost anything to like have dinner ready when she's done working those terribly long hours y'all talked about like that doesn't cost shit it doesn't cost anything to be like hey let's go on a walk after you get done working for the day yeah i mean just stuff Love that's it. like basic and i think too i in the love languages situation when derek and i lived apart I was much more like a physical touch and like quality time person because those weren't the things that I was getting as much. And so I think mm -hmm. he got used to that. And then once we moved in together, it really quickly shifted to acts of service mm -hmm. and words mm -hmm. of affirmation. And so I think that change has been hard for us to navigate because like you were saying, I place more importance on my home being a nice serene mm -hmm. environment and so whatever you yeah. can do to contribute to that with me that is the top <laughs> priority i don't give a fuck about a gift you don't need to do shit for me other than maybe help me wash dishes or like if you see if you know that we need to like do the sheets do the sheets do the towels take out the trash make sure you get the trash from upstairs and downstairs bathrooms like you know just stuff like that that is very simple to do but also is just a shift in approach for him because that's not what we started at Whereas I feel like for him, the physical touch and like quality time is still the more important thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. It is. Mm -hmm. And I know that we have talked about Kat and Antonio, but we've spent a lot of time talking about Antonio and not really the cat of it all because we still just don't really get that way. much from her, which is so crazy. I think in this entire episode, for the most part, Kat is saying that she's still trying to figure out a hundred percent who she is and i'm like if you don't know who you are how the fuck do you want to be married or think that you could be married to somebody mm -hmm. she just all i wrote down is cat is just so agreeable like and i think she is. for antonio it was probably good to have cat as his partner because he could just talk and say all of his feelings without getting cut off. And Kat's just gonna be like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Whereas Roxanne would challenge his thoughts and feelings. So I feel like the dynamic <laughs> for Antonio's sake at this point, what we know on episode four, is good for Antonio. But Kat, yes, she's just kinda she's just there. And yeah. However, I'm going to pause. I found, I found it. Okay. So it was the tragic murder of Jasmine Fiore. Okay. You remember this chick? No. Mm -mm. That's okay. She was not the one who was on the reality TV show. It was uh -oh. the guy that she was dating. His name was Ryan Alexander Jenkins. What show was he on? 
gosh, what show was he on? Let me, okay, hold on. Let me show you a picture of him because maybe that'll jog your memory. You remember that guy? Mm-mm. No? Hot no. damn. Okay. Oh, ah, uh, found it. Here we go. Here we go. This was the dating show. That blonde girl and with the pink background was the one picking suitors. I can't remember the name of this show, though. You still don't remember it? Mm-mm. Maybe I just can't see the picture as good. Okay. Let me see. Um... It doesn't say the show. I'm trying to find it. I don't know why it's so hard to like. Oh, Megan wants a millionaire. That's what it was. Oh, we I watched never watched that. that. I did you not watch, watch it? that. I sure didn't. <laughs> well, yes, Ryan was one of her suitors. And then I think maybe they didn't end up like her, this show was airing. And then they ended up cutting it short when they found out he had murdered this other oh. girl and her body in a suitcase. Oh my God. Oh, yes. You know, just don't fall for what people present you. Sure don't. Present themselves as because you just, not, not to say that they're a serial killer, but they could be. Like, that's the reality. And you should um, run. You know, just run away. <laughs> <laughs> Move with trepidation. Is that right? Is that the right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, but, anyways, yeah. so as we're shifting from the these set of couples will now move into the ryan trey raya james combo because jesus i don't know that they're that much more interesting but they're more confusing i will say so again starting off with ryan and trey they look like they're just having the time of their lives they're eating dessert together on the balcony they got the same kind of ice cream which i could have told you to begin with girl that the talenti was not going to taste as good as the haagen like duh um but also they just look very comfortable at this point, but apparently it hasn't been that way the entire time. And it seemed like it was more on Trey's side, like more of him opening up than Ryan, which is surprising mm-hmm. to me since she's never lived with anybody before. And so I feel like if it were me, I'd probably be really anxious, but they both seem pretty easy to live with, which I can't relate to that. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know I can I be think... difficult. You, your middle name is difficult. It's okay though. Derek loves you anyway. Um, <laughs> Ryan and Trey, I think, are so stinking cute. They like, are. They are. I truly hope that these two give each other a shot at the end of this because they just seem like. I mean, how she says that Trey is like the boy version of her. It truly seems that way, and like mm-hmm. vice versa. Um, and I think it's cute because is this where they like in, they came out to this date matching, and it wasn't planned yes yeah i was like oh look at y'all y'all are already like symbolico without mm-hmm. even trying right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so and then you know she makes the comments to say that their conversation's just really natural um which you can tell i feel yeah. like you know ryan i do feel like is a little bit more reserved for than sure Trey um and that makes sense because she comes from a big family so she's probably not used to being able to just say whatever she wants that's also true right and then also seeing what we see later with her when her and james get back together um it seems like trey has probably worked on creating the safe space for ryan to be able to communicate openly Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. and he communicates openly 
Like he doesn't right. hold things right. back. He just says how he's feeling, but, and not mm-hmm. that he's had to communicate anything negative, but it always just seems like he's doing it in a really respectful way. So it's yeah. not like she has to have her guard up for any reason. Right. Right. But also, like you said, I mean, it's cute and all, but still not, not that interesting. Right. And I think at the end of the day, like there is still a level of like, guard that they both have because i think Mm -hmm. that they both being the ones who issued the ultimatum were very much in the headspace of like i really do want to try to make this work with the person that i came here with and so i still feel like despite all of the positive things that's still in the back of their mind and it makes sense because they both talk about how they are the self-sacrificing ones in their relationship they both feel like they prioritize their partner over everything else, but they don't get that in return. And so I feel like for them, it makes sense that they would still be thinking about their partner, even right. though they don't have to be at this moment. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah. I do think it's interesting that at the end, when they're on their date on the boat or on the water, I don't know if they're on a boat or not, but... I think it's interesting that he says he's developed feelings for her, even though he feels uncomfortable sharing that because he does still love Raya, but she doesn't reciprocate it. So I always feel like there's like this little bit of like extra guard with her because she never flat out says, I like you. She says, I could see a future with you. I think you would be a great husband, but she's never like you and I will do X, Y, Z together, which I think is interesting. Right. (laughs) And then on the flip side, so you see Raya and James, and I I just, I don't really understand. I think that they both have a very weird pattern of communication, and it just does not work for them, like, at all. It just seems like that one date was really, like, a fluke for them. And then otherwise, there's nothing. This is what happened. What happened was Brian got Lisa pregnant. And they left. <laughs> Because if Raya <laughs> were in this experiment with Brian, wouldn't we wouldn't be seeing none of this. She wouldn't right. be all like, you're not being affectionate enough. And this is like, I need da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a thing. It just wouldn't. So I think Raya is, she in this, because this is the episode where she wants a hug or some shit or she wants him to hold her hand and he's not doing it because he needs therapy like <laughs> and so she gets upset but then also she makes the point to be like you know in a trial marriage we're supposed to be open to intimacy da, 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 da. and he was like well if we're being open to intimacy like to me that means sex and she was like no but like I don't know. I just was like, y'all two are too much. It's a lot. Yeah, it feels like they they just were never on the same page once they got into the trial marriage. Because even when we see them playing that game that seemed to be exclusively about sex, mm. and they go through like the whole like, what do you wish health class would have taught you? And we see the flaws of sex education in the South, to be honest um james is like getting into his definition of foreplay which is interesting because he basically sees every day as foreplay like the whole 
the whole day prior to having sex. And I'm like, that feels like a little much, but okay. Whereas Raya is like, well, I don't really think I've experienced foreplay like that. Maybe I'm missing out. And I feel like they just, they just keep missing each other. And it's, it's weird. But then they take a picture together to like commemorate the moment. And I'm like, or what? I don't get it. And then when he later on is like, oh, I'm going to do this super romantic thing for you and like put all these rose petals out. He bought a bottle of Vouv, which kudos to you, <laughs> James. Um, but like he did all this stuff around the pool and they just hung out together. And I'm like, and he's talking about how he is like attracted to her and is like looking at her in all these ways. And like, so here you're like really into being intimate potentially, but then later on you're not. I just, I don't really know. I really just hope the the producers have edited this in a way to make us have a mind fuck. And it this is like not it. the actual I hope this is not the actual way in which all of these scenarios happened. <laughs> because if this is not the producers just like trying to make us look at this couple and be like, what the fuck? Then yeah, these two were doomed from from the very beginning. Um, and it also made me wonder because Raya seemed very receptive to the whole rose petal champagne in the jacuzzi. And it's like, well, did that match any TikTok video you've seen? <laughs> probably. Because she probably showed him one and was like, do this. <laughs> she might have. She might have. But then also, like, there's one night where they're making dinner and then James starts apologizing for the dinner not being that great and stuff like that. And I'm just like, baby, you need a lot of help. Like it's not that nobody serious. said anything bad about the dinner, right? right? Like she was like, that as long as you're doing it, that's what I care about. And he's like, well, yeah, me making dinner is how I show love. And she's like, oh, so you're trying to show me love? And like that's when he gets weird. But also, like, why is she? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They're both young and dumb, and mm -hmm. yeah, I think inexperienced. Right. They're fortunate to have the partners that they have that can kind of help guide them to being more mature when it comes to being in a relationship. Because if it were up to these two, it just wouldn't be happening. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, the whole hold my hand conversation was so weird. He was like, well, I gave you a hug like yesterday. Like, what the fuck? And then like, Ryan, you have to understand too, like, this man is not your partner. So like, it's not going to be as easy for him to just come up to you and give you a random ass hug every five minutes you know right. what i mean right like, in his mind he told us at the at the choice that mm -hmm. he felt like he fucked up and like he didn't know why he except tried to or decided to come there because he knew mm -hmm. that ryan was the one for him da, 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 da. so he's battling a lot and he made a good point and i was like yep james that's it Mm -hmm. he said that he thinks raya is so ready to get out of a relationship with trey right that she's ready to jump into another relationship tomorrow and i'm mm -hmm. like that exactly it raya don't want trey she don't want trey at all she's just hanging on to him because he takes care of her until she can find the next best thing but also she's only been with him for two years as opposed to someone who's been with their partner for seven years so yeah bruh exactly. no one there is as invested as you are and Ryan, because y'all have been together like most of your lives. 
at this but also why i should take that point to understand like it's not going to be as easy for him to be as affectionate with her because they have a seven year long relationship they've Mm -hmm. been together since they were 16. so like yeah it's not going to be easy to just turn off and like switch into being with you even though that's the whole purpose of this experiment it's still not going to be that easy you've been dating Trey for 24 months. And of those 24 months, you probably ain't even been faithful the whole time. So it's probably really easy for you to be like, give me a hug, hold my hand, kiss me. But not everybody is like you, Raya. So. Well, and I think too, when he says, I cheated on Ryan, I feel like in his mind, if he were to go anywhere with Raya, it would feel very similar in his mind to how it was when he cheated on Ryan before. And so I could also see that being a way that he wanted to like back up. But I think how all of these couples are approaching intimacy is really interesting because I feel like in the first season, they were fucking left and right. Like nobody really seemed to care about <laughs> like how even I think April and Colby hooked up and they didn't even want to pick each other. They just had to. And so I just think it was super interesting to see that these people I felt like were more invested in their relationships to an extent but still not a hundred percent yeah same so i feel like that kind of wraps up episode four it does it does yeah okay and so as we move into episode five so Mm. we saw roxanne meet alex's parents and so now we're seeing alex meet roxanne's parents and these people came to fucking play i don't know if you clock this this man has a fucking note card he has a pen. He is treating this shit like an interview. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like low-key terrifying. As it should be, as it fucking should be. That's just like when Taylor introduced us to her first girlfriend and you know, they, there was a lot of drama about the backstory of them getting together or whatever. Right. So when we, they made dinner for us, you know, I was like, listen, I just want you to know, I'm gonna ask her questions. And like, it's not gonna be, they're not they're gonna be tough questions but like needs to be done because you know i wasn't really feeling the the beginning of the relationship and the back and forth and then her saying one thing and then doing another Mm -hmm. so you know i'm just like you know so what is it that you think that you like about taylor Mm -hmm. oh well you know taylor her energy she's just so cool she's always so happy and i'm like okay right and what about the Mm ex-girlfriend I mean, there's no sense in beating around the bush. There's just not, you know what I'm saying? And I told her on that day, I don't know what you and Taylor's expectations are in this relationship. My expectations of you is that you are respectful to her and that you are honest. And if at any point you start feeling like how you were feeling about Taylor when you were with your old girlfriend, that you say that shit up front. Because not to say it's going to make me want to kill you, but those are the types of things that would make me want to hurt you. Hmm. So yeah, so after her and Taylor, you know, fell apart, uh-huh. it's just like, okay, you knew what it was. Uh-huh. You knew what my expectation was. So don't be concerned about your relationship with me and Michael, because Michael, you're you're done, in our opinion. And I feel like that's how you should be about your kids. Like, you know? I guess. I don't think though that mom and dad did that with Michael no, or I Derek. <laughs> I know, but I think they should. I I think that's how you should be. I just mm. think it is. I think, I think the bad you can... boys approach. I think that you can get to that information without having to be that way. Because again, Alex is clearly a talker. So he's going to talk around whatever the fuck questions that he's being asked. But that's what that little girl did too. And that's why at this point, 
Michael said, you're not welcome back over here. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so I think yeah. though that like you can get to that, but like, I think part of it is too, that you have to let your child or whoever get there on their own. Because I will say with my friends even and trying to be protective of them in relationships that has For done sure. more damage to my friendship than the dude did and then he was gone eventually and then you had to work on repairing that so i have now tried to just take the approach of being like you know what i will be there i will support you i will get to know you but if i do see some fuck shit that's then when i'm gonna turn into more of like the mama bear versus like just starting out that way because again and mm. you and i just have very different approaches to trust which you already talked about i'm gonna trust you until you fuck up and then if you fuck up it's gonna be a lot for you to get it back if ever whereas you yeah. are more of like the you gotta earn trust with me type of person and so i don't want people to be yeah. on their guard initially because i think that they're more keyed up to try to present in a certain way i want you to feel real comfortable with me so you say the shit that you actually feel and I see who you actually are. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's just me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I agree with Roxanne's parents' approach. I appreciate <laughs> it. I have adopted it myself and will continue to use it. <laughs> oh my gosh. But then they're also like talking about their expectations for when they come to visit or the couple is coming to visit them as parents and how you know you shouldn't be on your phone you shouldn't be in another room like you should be there actively engaged which i 100 percent agree with like that's just respect obviously and then as they're kind of going through it roxanne asks alex if he has any other questions that he wants to ask them and he's like no i feel good she was like well i just feel like you didn't ask them anything about me and he's like but asking them about how you grew up and what their expectations are tells me about you as well like i don't have to say like how is roxanne as a person like i get to experience you and in that regard i understood where he was coming from but also i just think that he's not really that into her so he doesn't really care to ask them questions because he knows that he's not gonna like have a future with her after this right when when i was watching this episode one of the notes i took during this during this scene was that I feel like Alex is trying too hard to be the cool laid back guy and I'm not buying it because mm. all the questions that the dad was asking like well what makes you like her I like that she challenges me mm -hmm. and then he likes that and then I think maybe the dad or the mom was like well many women can do that any woman can do no, that his dad, her like, dad says that okay and he was like well I don't think so um and, and then, then he says that cat doesn't do that <laughs> right right but what I love that the dad asked is, would you marry yourself? Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, you wouldn't mm -hmm. prepare for that one. And you could tell. Mm -hmm. And he was caught all the way off guard. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, you know, your answer was like above average, but his answer was trash as fuck. Mm. I agree. Like, if you don't, like his hesitated. dad said, if your dad, if you're not an immediate yes, then like, why are you trying to get married? Granted, he's not the one that's trying to get married right now. So I feel like that would have been more appropriate if he was the one who had issued the ultimatum. Yeah, I think Alex is like, um, ooh, what was the guy who um, ended up being with Deep D? or you know decided mm, to go and shake that guy's name? shake yep mm -hmm. alex is the shake of this season one thousand percent one thousand percent he's a total ass wipe is that what cat is that what antonio called him and cat's like shit bag shit bag he is he is a shit bag 
one thousand percent oh my yeah, god uh, and then like the whole being chivalrous thing yeah he was like, yeah i think i open her door i think i pull out her chair you think or you know like it's not that hard to know if you do those things it's but he probably no just didn't really think about it because he probably what like i know that she said that that was important to her but he clearly just wasn't really like he wasn't making a conscious effort to do it so yeah he probably wasn't thinking past or about that but he also probably didn't think that like that was something that her parents would ask about yeah i guess but i don't know clearly though he wasn't because she calls him out on that later right <laughs> and so we then see ryan and trey meeting with ryan's brother who looks just like her these two could be twins his hair was kind of okay. interesting yeah if you look at their faces like it's basically just mm -hmm. her with like a significantly shorter haircut okay i have to go back and yeah <laughs> and um ryan's brother's girlfriend who talks so much i don't think she really let her brother get out a word maybe a couple but not very many <laughs> And the accents. I love the accents. Like, oh Gravel accent got a little deeper when he was around all three of them, too. I was like, yeah. Lord, how y'all understand each other? <laughs> I loved it. I was into it. I was like, I could be surrounded by this for the rest of my life. I love it. I do. I think it's cute. Really? I do. I feel like accents make you sound so uneducated. Well, I mean, like, it's not like a conscious thing, like though. Like, it's just how they talk. No yeah because i would say i would rather hear somebody from the south talk to me than anybody from the northeast ever oh that's that's fair i could see that yeah that's fair they all just sound yeah. like assholes which i know they're not but like that's how they sound yeah so that's just so what we going, wait is where we would be going the northeast yes yes y'all are in like the I thick of it <laughs> my people <laughs> yeah you wait but you ask somebody for a recommendation at a restaurant and they're like oh i don't know it depends on what you like and i'm like what the fuck bitch just recommend some sauces and like call it a day it was very strange that was the one part i did not like about being up there but oh well yeah. oh well but anyways so ryan's brother's girlfriend again is driving the bulk of this conversation and she's mm -hmm. like ryan's so perfect you would be, have a perfect life if you were with her she's so awesome blah 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 and i'm like this is so intriguing to me that like they have nothing bad to say about her not in a bad way but i'm just kind of like there's literally nothing bad you can say about this girl like not even an area of growth blue-eyed butcher you're silly uh, but she yeah. this girl the girlfriend she did look like sarah paxton to me low-key yeah without yeah. like the little butt chin and I think they may, or her brother, I think her brother alluded to an area of growth without saying like, this is an area of growth. But like when yeah. he said that she's been more confident and he's like, this is the most I've ever heard her like speak up yeah. and talk for herself. So outside of it, but they probably, you know, being from the South though, they may not mm -hmm. see women speaking up as an area of growth. So. That's true. But he yeah. did at least. He did. Right. Which was so great. He seems to be raised right. Thankfully. Mm -hmm. Um, But. Basically, Trey's invested. The brother and girlfriend seem invested in him, but we just don't know where Ryan's at. And so again, I feel like right. there's like a little bit of wall there where she's just like, again, yes. I can see these things with him, but I don't necessarily want to. I know. I wrote that down for one of the next two episodes. 
is that Trey is super into Ryan, but like I cannot get a read on Ryan at all. Mm-mm. Can't get a read. I have no, no. idea. No, she just seems yeah. like she wants to just like kiki and have fun, which is cool. But like, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's intriguing. But I think though, when we see later on when her and James get into it, we're kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, these are where the feelings are. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, do we want to talk about girls' night or guys' night first? Oh, jeez. Whichever, really. Okay. Let's I feel like we should do. Guys. Oh, I was going to oh, say girls' were... night. <laughs> okay. Let's do girls' night. Let's do girls' night. Because girls' okay. night was more chill. That's what I was going to um, say. I feel like guys' night was a little bit more explosive and we may have more to say. Okay. Okay. So they're both having a girls' and a guys' night on the same night. And so they're in different places, thankfully. You can see some of the tension um, in the room already, kind of when they're initially together. So we start out with Roxanne sharing about her experience and she still is basically shit talking Antonio the whole time. And then Kat is trying to say like, well, actually like know this or that. And Roxanne's like, business, business, business. And I love Alex because Alex is business, business, business. And so it's just, (laughs) it's so wild to me that she talks this much shit actively on Antonio and thinks people wouldn't have something to say about that it just feels really strange and also I'm like you aren't even with Antonio right now like why aren't you talking about like you and Alex and so that's wild but then she says that she has been very open to this experience and she thinks that if she said the word Alex would sleep with her in a heartbeat and I was like I don't know what you are seeing but I haven't seen anything that would say that to me I don't even know that Alex would kiss you, to be honest. On the cheek, right. even. And like to say that in front of Kat, it's great to be that confident and it's great to have transparent conversations, but then there's also like a sensitivity that you should use in having mm-hmm. those sorts of conversations, I would think. Yeah. Because this this is a sensitive topic for the people who issued the ultimatums, you know? Yeah, and because yeah. you're very like flippant and don't give a fuck about what you say, which... I typically love, but Mm. in this situation, I'm just like, girl, you don't have to be that crass. Is that the word I'm looking for? Mm -hmm. Also, she just didn't need to say it. Like there, that didn't add anything to the conversation whatsoever. And I'm the queen of saying things sometimes that don't need to be said. But I was like, if I'm pointing it out, then like, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. (laughs) It's just really, really bad. And then Ryan is talking about her experience with Trey and again how it's been like all sunshine and roses and raya's like what he's offering to clean the bathroom he's offering to do x y and z because she's clearly not getting any of that when they're together but this is this is the thing though i feel like with men and women like both sides you have to realize that if i feel like in in most mature relationships if you show that you're trying Mm -hmm. and that you're giving something then your partner is going to also try to reciprocate that. Yeah. And like for Raya, like I've been saying, you just want to be laid up, you know, being a city girl and expect this dude to just sit here and fucking take care of you. And it's like, you got to put in a little bit of fucking effort, you know, nobody's saying it's got to be 50, 50, but like, shit, give us at least 40%. Something. Right. Something. Because she ain't giving shit at all all she brings to the relationship 
are her looks. Right. And, and honestly, without that lace front, what does that look like? I don't know. And the eyelashes. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Not that she's unattractive, but just, you know, All right. she's high maintenance and like, okay, I guess. And so we then go into the one-on-one -on -one conversations. And so Raya and Ryan start chatting and Raya is sharing with Ryan what it has been like living with James and how initially he seemed really into it, but now is super closed off. And Raya also shares that she thinks James is scared to tell Ryan about his childhood because he views Ryan as being judgmental, essentially, which I'm like, if you think that she's judgmental, why the fuck have you been with her for seven years? I just don't understand how you can be in a relationship with someone for seven years and never feel like until you got here that y'all could talk about your childhood or really you could talk about your childhood because she's clearly shared everything with you, at least from what we know. I just don't get that. And I don't know if it's like a men emotional vulnerability thing or if like there was really shit happening that made you feel like you couldn't do that. But again, after seven years, I just really got a question why. I think because he and Ryan and their upbringings are so different. He looks at his upbringing as something that's shameful. Right. And so instead of, even though that would be fine if you looked at it that way, um, if you had worked through that trauma mm -hmm. and you were still, and you, you had gotten to the place where you're able to be whole, yeah. knowing that what you know, but like you're still able to move forward and progress in your life. Yeah. Knowing that this has been the cause for why you can't move forward in your relationship with Ryan, you really, he really should have been looking for ways to to get his feelings out there prior to this moment i'll tell james this you are so fortunate that ryan has not left you up until this point man because i've been asking you for the same fucking shit for seven years my nigga peace the fuck out it's and you happening. tell this bitch in a week more shit than you've told me are in a week are you kidding yeah. me right. craziness yeah. it's just so crazy and like i get that you grew up super differently i understand that a hundred percent like we grew up differently than a lot of the friends that we were around because we were black and predominantly white environments and they had different shit than what we had however in our now adulthood even i would say when we were in our early 20s i think that we had worked through that enough to be able to say we just grew up differently but like i'm not gonna not tell you how i grew up for fear that you may not like me as much because ultimately right like how i grew up outside of like who i am as a person has nothing to do with you i'm not saying you got to go back and live like that right right and if if ryan were to judge you after sharing stuff that's that intimate then clearly ryan's not the person you need to be with right like you just keep it moving and wouldn't you have wanted to figure that out before seven years investment girl you would think but whatever and really between Raya and ryan everything is cool until ryan asked or raya asked trey or raya asked ryan how she feels about trey and she can see ryan being hesitant which i think she interprets as her saying like yeah i would leave this with trey and maybe that's what mm. she meant again i have gotten no inclinations that that's where she's at but that could be it and so then raya starts to feel some type of way you can tell. And I get into, I say in my notes for episode six and I think six and seven, I'm just like, bitch, 
again, if you were here with Brian, you wouldn't give two fucks. Sure wouldn't. How Ryan felt about Trey. Mm-mm. You would not care at all. Nope. Nope. Like, nope, nope. Right. And then we switch over to guys night. And so they're all there. Mm-hmm. They're hanging out. And James is feeling really pressed about Ryan and Trey's connection. And again, he tells us that Ryan doesn't know everything about his past. And again, how, why, but Antonio, Antonio really seems to be pressing Alex about his experience with Kat. And he feels really self-conscious. I don't know why. I don't know what Roxanne has previously said to him to make him feel like this, but it is clear that he's just not comfortable in the whole thing, which I think is funny considering you're the one that brought her here. So that's on you, my dude. So when we talk about Trey and James and then kind of go into their whole one-on-one after this weird conversation about physical intimacy and what does or doesn't qualify as physical intimacy um trey asks james like why haven't you proposed (laughs) like after seven years like what's going on and james says like i haven't opened up to her fully about my childhood and and trey is like well didn't you open up to raya about it he was like well yeah i told her some things but not everything like the shit is bad and at that point i'm like god what the fuck happened like what is going on that was so bad in your childhood i was going down a very dark path in my mind and not to say that it doesn't end up dark dark but it's still it's not where i was at mentally and so then trey says well honestly to me based on my conversations with ryan that isn't even really what it is it's just that she feels like you don't prioritize her which Mm -hmm. i think is funny because ryan has said that very clearly multiple times and so i'm like james is still in this headspace of like this is what I feel like is holding me back. Not this is a problem for Ryan that I haven't told her about my childhood. But I also have a question because in this conversation with Trey, he was saying that Ryan is not his first love. Mm -hmm. And I was like, who were you in love with at 14? It was not love. (laughs) What? Get out of here. No. Oh my gosh. But yeah, he's just, he's interesting. He's an interesting cat. And then we get into Antonio and Alex, which kind of closes out the episode or starts the close. And Antonio comes into this one-on-one thinking that Alex wants to steal Roxanne. I don't even understand where he got this from, other than the fact that he does not feel like he's good enough for her. He does not understand why she's still with him. And so he thinks every dude is a threat. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't understand why Roxanne is still with him either. No, sure don't. Uh, which makes me then think, Roxanne, are you truly insecure? Because could you handle a guy as ambitious as you claim that you want mm-hmm. your partner to be? Mm-hmm. Because if Alex is any representation of what it could be like on the other side, I don't know if you into that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Agreed. And so Antonio has been asking Alex pretty repeatedly about the situation. And notice Alex doesn't really ask about him and Kat. Mostly because I don't think he gets the chance to, nor do I think he really cares. But at, Antonio keeps pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And so Alex finally is like, yeah, I don't think that she respects you. I feel like 
you're her whipping boy. And Antonia's like, there's no way she said that. And, and Alex is like, that's not what I said. I said, this is my read of her based on the interactions that I have had with her at this point. And so he asked for an example and he like basically paraphrases something that she said, which was true. And mm-hmm. Alex is like, you know, this is, this is what I've heard, which is what made me feel like she doesn't respect you. And Antonio's like, I don't believe you. This is bullshit. It's all lies, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, bro, just because you don't want to hear it doesn't mean it's not the truth. Right. And like, as we shift away from this conversation into like when everybody gets back to their, to their trial marriages mm-hmm. and <laughs> Antonio, I get them confused because of the A's, I think. Yeah. Um, but Antonio goes home crying to Kat about how Alex has said the things that he said, and that's when he calls him a shitbag. Not yet. It's a little later. Oh, okay. But yeah. Well, he go he goes into talking about what he said, whatever he calls. Um, what's that girl's name? Roxanne to mm-hmm. explain what Alex told him and how that made him feel or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the, and then, like Roxanne is like just come have this conversation in person. I'm fucking serious. And then hangs up. And I was like, what the hell? I don't he know. I don't. It was right. It was odd. It was yeah. odd. But then when Antonio gets back with Roxanne, Roxanne has already heard about this conversation between Alex and Antonio at the guys night. So Roxanne is asking Antonio, like, how was the night? Alex. Blah, blah, blah. She's asking Alex. 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 Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he's like, oh, it was great. You know, it was insightful. Mm-hmm. And then Roxanne starts to get an attitude about the fact that Alex told Antonio that Roxanne doesn't expect him or respect him. And she mm-hmm. was like, these are conversations that we were having in private. And then for mm-hmm. you to take that outside of the house and then twist my words and da da da. But it's like, Roxanne, you have done nothing but talk fucking shit, mad shit on to, Antonio since y'all got there to everyone to Alex to the other girls yeah. to Alex's parents to your parents like exactly. even if Alex hadn't said shit Antonio was still gonna watch the fucking show bro he was still going and to he see would have come to all the, same the shit conclusion. you talked about him exactly and then I love yeah. though when Antonio's initially telling Kat what happened how Kat's like well yeah Alex's mom texted me and she said the same kind of thing basically and he's still like He's a liar. His parents are fucking liars. Everyone's a liar. And Kat's like, why would they make that up though? And like, she's trying to be so calm and peaceful, but also like is growing a little bit of backbone because she's like, they're not just going to make that shit up. Like they said it for a reason. And so they also know I'm in a relationship with you right now, which is probably why Mm -hmm. they said something to me about it. And it's just, he spirals so so much it's like everything roxanne has ever said to him is coming back up for him in this moment yep yep and i mean i think another reason probably why he got so upset is because deep down he knows that's how roxanne feels about him exactly. or y'all wouldn't be there uh-huh. i mean for for you to say that she's never liked the type of work that you do or that the fact that you can't keep a job mm-hmm. what do you think ultimately what is she saying when she mm-hmm. says those things she right. doesn't respect you at all so i mean it sucks that like alex was the one to like bring it out and the way that he delivered it was very condescending but But also he kept pressing had he not kept pressing he wouldn't have got it like that is what i would think also true 
also true because at the guys night all the other guys were talking about like what they've learned and how they've grown Mm -hmm. and antonio Mm -hmm. because he admits that alex is everything or he's the type of man that makes him feel insecure Mm -hmm. um and because alex wasn't talking about any ways that he's grown right and so i think that's what caused antonio to push Mm -hmm. as hard as he was pushing Mm -hmm. to get that information out of alex Mm -hmm. and so back to what you were saying about Alex and Roxanne, like kind of now debriefing the situation because she essentially has to bring it up to him and is like, bro, why didn't you even tell me what went down? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't think that was important for me to know that you basically got into an argument with my dude who I have to move back in with in like a couple of days. You didn't think that that made sense to share, which is a hundred percent true. Um, and like, I get why she's mad, but like we were saying at the end of the day, if you didn't say those things, Alex would have had nothing to say about it and again right. antonio was going to see this whether alex told him or not so like mm-hmm. respectfully you should be happy that he found out about it when he found out about it because like had he gone through this whole situation and then after the fact seen it then what yeah then now what? i will say alex was a little out of line towards the end of this conversation oh, for sure for sure when he starts i feel like he starts kind of like i don't mm-hmm. know what the word is patronizing her like needling her yeah patronizing her yeah yeah and then to call her or to say that she's immature and that she's not respectable like Mm -hmm. any mature and respectable woman would understand and i'm like ooh, okay Mm -hmm. y'all need to separate because this got hella toxic so fast so fast and it's funny though because i feel like he got to that place because when she was asking him what he said and he told her point blank, this is what I said. And she was like, well, I never said I didn't just, I'd never said I didn't respect him. Or I never said I was, he was my whipping boy or whatever. He's like, I didn't say that you said that. I said, that's how I feel based on what you've said to me and what I've experienced of you all. And then she was In like, my interpretation. oh, right, exactly. And then she's like, well, yeah. oh, or you're perfect and you do. And then she starts deflecting like fuck because she can't just acknowledge that she fucked up. And so she starts going down all these fucking tangents about how he doesn't help her clean, how he doesn't do shit, how he lied to her parents, like whatever, instead of just focusing on the thing that was the initial issue. She's mad that he called her the fuck out because that probably never happens with her and Antonio. So yes, he does get nasty. He feeds right back into it 100% because when I initially watched that, I was like, bro, he's like insane right now. He's kind of like low-key psychotic. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I also understand how he was like, you're not going to turn this and make it about me when this is about y'all shit. And I just happen to be the person like in the middle of it because he asked me. It's not like I just said it. He asked me and I shared. So yeah. Get the fuck over it basically. And she was hot. She was so mad. Very, very. But the next day she was super mature about the situation and went to apologize for not her message, but the way that she delivered it because she doesn't like to to act that way present herself in that way so like she was apologizing for that which i thought was very huge because if it were Truly. me to a nigga i don't owe shit to right i'm not apologizing sure don't. And that's exactly what alex didn't do and that was <laughs> so was funny <laughs> yeah i was waiting for him to also be like you know what yeah i apologize as well but he was like okay um and then was trying to keep packing and she's like you don't have anything that you want to say or he was like nope. no not really sure don't. <laughs> 
which again is not the right response at all but it was funny in the moment because i was like alex really don't give a fuck about you girl and he's just gonna move on with his day and that is it and we missed the part where when antonio was telling roxanne like this shit bag whatever and cat's like don't call him a shit bag from the other room (laughs) that was great but then also during that conversation which we haven't which we can we can make that shift now into cat and antonio so like when antonio came home from boys night and he's telling cat everything you know from his perspective mm-hmm. i love that cat seemed to have found a pair of balls and it's mm-hmm. like you know i really just feel like you're projecting your insecurities yep. onto me and alex and yep. that's not fair i was yep. like oh exactly <laughs> exactly and then when okay, she like cat stood, showing when she, up in episode six right and then when she stood up for alex even though i don't know why but like she right. was like and then even still she even after he got off the phone with roxanne she came out and asked him like are you okay and he's like no I'm not okay right now. And basically it was just kind of like, I'm going to be left alone. But like the fact that she even tried to like give a fuck about you in that moment after you just essentially yelled at me that my dude's a liar and that my, mm-hmm. and his parents are liars. And essentially you're saying I'm a liar because I believe him. Like so kind of her. Cause what I would not Very. have done, I would have been like, okay, I'm just going to peace out now. And you can just have all your feelings. Cause this right. is not about right. me. It's not at all and i don't need to be a part of it and then Mm -hmm. we see like a little bit of follow-up with the other couples again ryan and trey they come home they debrief (laughs) they're just like still in fucking la la land (laughs) (laughs) and then ryan and james they're still in the same place where they're just not connecting and they're not going to and james Mm -hmm. tries to say that he was open to the experience and ryan's like okay yeah sure you were not though at all right right yeah and then we we also learn later in the episode that i i suppose after the night after the boys night or the the night of the boys night antonio does go and meet up with roxanne they're consoling each other talking about how alex is a piece of shit Mm -hmm. but then we also find out that antonio didn't sleep at home Mm -hmm. that night with cat Mm -hmm. and that the next day she went out to run errands she comes back all of her all of his things are gone um so then when antonio finally does come through the door i mean they have a brief conversation uh, about the previous night and the way that he reacted but nothing nothing different outside of what we've already discussed you know again hit cat sticking up for her for herself just saying that you know the way you handled that was very immature and like all those things from your past like how you say that you're you automatically go to anger and that you would drink a lot and stuff like that she is like you know this is who you said you are in your past but in this situation, I saw you revert back to those same behaviors. Like you automatically, as soon as you were uncomfortable in the situation, you jumped on the defensive and you went to anger. And then you started to lash out at Alex. And then that carried over to when he got back to the house with Kat. So again, I think that's extremely mature of Kat. I think that shows us that Kat has thoughts and opinions about things but maybe in being with someone like alex she doesn't feel the confidence to be able to speak up and share those thoughts because in this moment she is spot on on her um her read of the situation so hopefully now that she's had this experience with antonio she can go back into her situation with alex with more confidence and continue to be open about sharing her thoughts and feelings about certain situations because they are valid and they deserve to be heard and respected so exactly yeah, so exactly <clears throat> and i was gonna say i just feel like 
out of everybody in this process, I would say Kat has done the most growing. Mm -hmm. I think because she just from being like, oh, well, I don't want to be in confrontation because I don't like it to actively not even like engaging, but like just participating in a confrontation because it's brought to her and not backing down from it. I feel like that is some very marked growth. Mm hmm. For sure. Very, very much so. And, and so, oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Nope. I was just going to talk about how we switch over into the changeover when that all the couples come back from their trial marriages and then we're getting back with their original partners. We're, we're debriefing as a group to just mm -hmm. kind of give a high level overview of what the experience was like. And yeah. 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 And it's, these are some long winded people and I'm sure that the producers like make them <laughs> have these like lengthy explanations about what's been going on. But I'm like, I feel like most of y'all's experiences could be summarized really quickly in like a couple sentences, but I get also though for like the hosts, they have to recap what has happened. And I would say to me, the most important thing that came out of this dinner was that when Trey said that he had feelings for Ryan, Raya was like, fuck. I don't know if I can mm -hmm. be with you now. I don't know. Which again, for the people in the back, if Brian were still here, she would not fucking care. Mm -mm. Not even And close. that's a fact. I agree. I agree. I feel like yeah. she feels, and she says this, she was like, I didn't feel like I got the full experience because I was with somebody who wasn't fully invested. And I think had she gotten the full experience, she wouldn't give a fuck. And that's the thing. It, it it may not even have to be Brian. Or Brian. Mm -hmm. It could have been just like what James said. You're so eager to get out of a relationship with Trey. You don't give a fuck. You're just ready to hop right under the next nigga that shows himself, pre presents himself to be available. To which I and say, so like, like get out said, of the relationship. Right. But she likes the security of the relationship. Right. Which so. I guess. And I forgot to, I don't think we mentioned this in our initial recap, but also knowing that she was pregnant before and like i'm sure that that was really scary only being oh, 22 man. and all that stuff i'm mm -hmm. sure that there's a different lens that she has right now about relationships and really prioritizing security especially because she never saw that as a kid but like even still you gotta do a lot of work on yourself baby girl before you can be happy with somebody else yep and that goes for anybody any other thoughts about the changeover dinner itself? I don't think so. Yeah, again, yeah. these people are just very yeah. long-winded. <laughs> yeah, extremely. Like, just as we summarized that shit, that's exactly how it should, should have been summarized on the episode. Yeah, it was a lot, but... Yeah. And so as we are entering into episode seven um and we are seeing all the couples now back with their original partners which is actually kind of jarring it's very weird like you get to know people in these other relationships and you see them flip back so i can't imagine how it actually feels to be in it um we see roxanne and antonio just jumping back into bed with each other all excited and happy-go-lucky and yay and then she even talks shit about him in that moment where she said he smelled like funyuns and i was like roxanne why just right. why like right. it's not funny it's very just like just again you're just like jabbing at him all the time and it's really annoying 
And I remember, mm. so the next day they're like chatting and talking about like a little bit about the experience and just being back together. And Alex was, or Antonio was saying that he was thankful that Alex had opened Kat's, or Lord, Alex had opened Roxanne's mind more to marriage. And he's like, that's better than where you were at before. And Antonio then says, which I would just love your take on this. Married people are more credible and more dependable. What the actual fuck? He clearly has never met um, someone that you and I know who has been married multiple times. Um, because I would definitely say that person is probably the least credible person, <laughs> least credible person in my life, less the least dependable person in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think in reality, that's what marriage is supposed to be. Like, sure. yeah, it's supposed to make it's supposed to show that like you can commit, you're going to be dedicated, mm-hmm. you're trustworthy. Sure, that's what it's supposed to do. But like, mm-hmm. it's America, and like nobody here takes marriage seriously. Or like, I won't say nobody. 95% of people who think about marriage, I mean, like, look at the divorce rates here. It's just like, mm-hmm. that's just not realistic for America. Mm-hmm. So, but he also made the statement that um, he thinks even if he were perfect, she still wouldn't want to marry him. And I'm like, exactly. Then why the fuck Antonio, are you pressuring her, bro? But that's the thing, too. I think he's pressuring her because I think he thinks marriage will make him a man. Mm. And I think deep down that's what he's striving for oh that's so true what a good read yeah am i the one with a psychology degree is it you (laughs) i mean you know (laughs) but no i think that's so true and again it's so interesting to me because again we were talking about manhood and these like you know the things that you can do to be considered a man and i feel like being married being a provider being able to spread your seed and have children like those are some of the things that I feel like dudes are so wrapped up in as being able to demonstrate manhood. And again, a lot of that is based on just what society says you have to do to be a man. And it's just so fucked up. Like, I feel like he was talking about Kat not knowing herself. I don't think he knows himself either. I think that he He just has like this idea of what he thinks he wants based on what Roxanne wants and what he thinks will be good enough for her but not because he wants that for himself. And that's so sad. I could not imagine living my life like that. I know I can't for people who like who, cause how old is he? I think he's 30. Oh yeah. Wow. (laughs) But so like in boy time, like 21. Right. I can't imagine like, I don't know. And granted, I know we keep saying that we're different. And like, God bless Andrea Carol Ellis, because Mm. I can't imagine like having such little confidence in myself, like Mm. not like having no direction, Mm. not being able or feeling like I'm not in control of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, like I just I don't know how people function that way. So like, yeah, I know mom like. It's like, ooh, maybe sometimes they're too independent, but like, fuck that. I would rather, Mm-mm. way much rather be, that was very bad English. I would <laughs> way, I would, whatever. I would definitely want to be where we are, who we are, yeah. and have to like scale it back than try yeah. to figure out who the fuck I am at the age of 30 mm. and what I want and like mm. what is success, like what is a relationship and what is like, 
I can't imagine. Mm-mm. Very sad. It just couldn't be me. It's like his self-worth is wrapped up in everything other than just being a good himself. person. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's so crazy yep. to me. But and, and you can also tell during this episode, like he he I feel like was trying I don't know if he's had issues with opening up before, but like when he was being very vulnerable in that moment to say, like, I just want to know how you feel about me sometimes. Like I mm-hmm. need that reassurance. Yeah. So he needs some words of affirmation totally understandable yeah and so like when she said she was going to work on saying i love you and then like the next time we see them together and he mm-hmm. says i love you just like stares it's because <laughs> i love you to the cat but then when he says it he just she's just staring off into space i was like oh my gosh antonio go find better please it's like the gender roles like you would traditionally think about are like flipped in their relationship 100 percent. yeah mm, yeah mm-mm. And then Kat and Alex get back together. <laughs> uh, oh my God. And they're I talking really about it. It's yeah. Go they ahead. go in their different directions. I'm sorry. I just hope Kat, I hope Kat goes to find better too. I mean, it's not Antonio, but it damn sure ain't Alex. Mm-mm, not at all. And they were talking about how, I think I think she was talking about Antonio and how he was so open with her, I think, during this time, something like that. But either way, basically, she was like, you know, I feel like you are emotionally vulnerable with me, so I don't really mm-hmm. ever know where you're at. And he says, well, there are a lot of times when I feel like I have to be tough for you, because if I'm not tough for you, then you're not going to be tough for yourself. And she's like, no, you don't have to do that. You've never had to do that. I don't know why you thought that you have to. And I think honestly, at the root of their issue, they just have different love languages and haven't figured out how to appropriately demonstrate those to each other. Because she was saying too, that like she needs words of affirmation. He was like, well, those don't do anything for me. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if it doesn't do anything for you. It's what she needs. So you have to make the conscious decision to do those things for her versus well i'm an acts of service person and i think i show you love all the time but like if that's not what she's responding to or if she doesn't know that that's her intention behind doing those things then that's not how she's going to receive them you know that's not really like super yeah cerebral i highlighted that same thing because obviously michael's a boy i'm sure all boys love languages is physical touch because they're boys um But like, I am not a touchy feely person. I don't. And I was just telling Michael this the other day. I was like, you know, it's really interesting that like, I'm so lovey dovey with you. Because I hate touching people. I hate people touching me unless it's mom. Like, it just makes me extremely uncomfortable. But I think because I know, I know that's Michael's love language. So like, I know that that's what he needs. So I make that effort to do it. And in Mm -hmm. making the effort to do it, now I want to do it, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. like, Antonio, just get out from under your ass or get your head out of your ass and just put in the effort. And then like, maybe gradually over time, you'll be like, yeah, I want to show you I love you in this way, especially because it's important to you, whether or not you're comfortable with it or not. You mean you know? Alex. And so now like we're Alex. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I told you I keep fucking them up. <laughs> so now sometimes like I'm so touchy and feeling over Michael. I'm like, am I doing too much? Because now I just want to smother him. Which don't do that, Alex. But you know, <laughs> just put, put in the effort. 
you could change. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Cause I think Derek, he's always consistently been a quality time person. And I think the way that I used to do that is very different from how I would do that now because like we used to go fishing together or we would watch scary movies or things that like I would do to an extent now, but I would rather spend quality time in other ways. <laughs> and so it's also too yeah. about trying to figure out like, because in that phase of a relationship that's what it was that doesn't mean that we have to stay in that same place now it can't right. evolve one thousand percent and maybe if she alex feels more secure in your relationship she may not need as many words of affirmation as consistently right. as she needs it right now because she was like yeah right. i do wonder if you still love me and i'm like oh that's so sad that's because again, why would you want to marry someone who you don't know if they love you or not? Yeah, but she, I think, sees marriage as him saying, I love you. Ah, if you're willing to do, you're silly. <laughs> but like, if you're willing to do this, then you do love me. Yeah. And that's not accurate. Mm -mm. It's not accurate. No, it's people not. get married and for all know, kinds of reasons, y'all. All kinds of reasons. Um, but I think, too, in the conversation with her friends, we're we're kind of seeing like a shift in her thinking mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. because her friends do ask her like are you prepared to walk away if yeah. you don't get what you're you were hoping out of this um i can't remember her answer i feel like it was yes but i'm mm -hmm. not 100 percent sure yeah um, but then when they ask him are you what did, what did they say or do you understand like the gravity of the situation mm -hmm. and he's like i understand what has to happen and they're like no 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 is Some it what asked. you want to happen <laughs> what i don't know yeah i was just like yeah alex ain't it well and it makes he's me wonder it. how often has he been around them because i feel like those are questions that you should be really easily able to answer with someone's right. friends especially if sure. they're people that you know yes absolutely but who knows maybe they don't even actually live there and they're just there for the show i don't know also could be the case because i who think knows? in general i would say this season we had a lot less family friend interaction than both yeah. queer love season and the first season of like the straights so yeah <laughs> so yeah yes. it just feels different um to me but they're where they're at and then we get to trey and raya oh she's still pretending to be so upset about the fact that he said he was ha he has feelings for ryan even though he also says i still love you i've never not loved you in this i just also care about her i i mean like i get that that could be hard to hear but like he didn't say anything to diminish your relationship he was just open to the experience and as a result of that developed feelings for her that was it and then when they sitting on the couch and he's mm -hmm. like come here mm -hmm. and she's like okay. he's like well i need some physical loving or some tut or a hug or something and she's like well i can't get too close bitch get at that I point i'm like space. you know what stop playing in my apartment get the fuck out <laughs> get out because she at this point she's just being she's being so fucking unreasonable so unreasonable it's because she's 24. but we weren't okay yes right. we're different we're different yeah. yes she's 24. Mm -hmm. oh mm -hmm. jesus and then when they get yeah. into this whole conversation about like marriage and whatever and she was like well you never asked me what 
I would want marriage to look like. And I'm like, bitch, did you ever just say, you don't have to be invited into that conversation. Like you can just tell him what you want a marriage to look like. I don't understand. But also I'm like, yes, Trey, you too should have asked her like, what does a marriage look like? But again, y'all are both in your twenties. That is a very advanced conversation. It seems for anyone on this television show, but I was just like, again, Trey, how have you never talked about what marriage will look like with her, but you want to be married to her? Like, that just seems so weird to me. Like, Derek and I regularly have conversations about, like, where would we want to live in the future? Do we want to stay in Nashville? Do we want to move anywhere else? Like, we're not married yet. And that's just, I feel like, a part of being together. It's just having conversations about what you want your life to look like. We very early on said we don't want to have children because we both knew that that was how we felt. And for me, that was important because I was like, if you want to have a kid there's no need for us to even date because I don't want to, and I'm not going to want to. So like, we can just go our separate ways right now. And so it just makes, it doesn't make any sense to me that they haven't talked about that. And then the whole, like, she wants to live in the city, but he doesn't, are they going to live apart or not? Like y'all don't even want the same kind of life right now. So again, why the fuck do you want to be married? Trey? I guarantee that they have had these conversations. You think so? I don't think Raya was listening. <laughs> until- <laughs> That's terrible. I hope I, not. Truly, I, I can see it though. Just, yeah, absolutely. 1000%. I feel like he's probably tried to engage in this dialogue about what does a future look like? What does a marriage look like? What is a home and a house and you know, a family look like for us. And she just doesn't give a fuck. I mean, prime example, her saying that she wants to live in the city for one more year. For what, bitch? The city is not, and this is where I go back to that whole, the battle between like your fleshly desires and like what God has for you. Trey could be the man that God has for you, but because you can't get away from wanting to be a fucking city girl, you don't care about what's over here. Ain't nothing in that city that you haven't experienced. And nothing. if that's you what you want, be live, don't be with him. Go be in the city. But that, that's the thing, though. That's the thing. She <laughs> wants to be in the city, working at Hooters, living the city girl lifestyle, while Trey sits his ass up in some high-rise condo waiting for her to come home at 2 or 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. It ain't happening. Mm-hmm. And you know, it reminds me of this episode of Murder, She Wrote. It's called We Have a Tangled Web in Season 5, I believe, where this woman has two different lives so like at the beginning of the episode we meet her like married to this dude step parent to the world and she um works she travels a lot for work but lo and behold she's traveling from maine to new york city to live with her other fucking husband in new york and so of course like jessica's the one that finds it out but i was just like bitch how are you living these two lives Mm-hmm. That's what she wants. It is. You're That's right. What she, wants. she wants to have her cake and eat it too. And yes. I hope Trey for the sake of, you know, because that's why I really hope him and Ryan, which you already know, I really hope him and Ryan go with each other at the end of this. If mm. he goes with her and if Ryan goes with James, I'm just gonna be like, Y'all deserve whatever misery comes y'all's way. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because I this agree. is it's like it's like that, it's like that story with that man who was drowning and the a boat comes by and he's like hey you need help 
And he was like, no, 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 God's got me. He sends another boat, same thing. He's a little bit further underwater now. Hey, you need help? He's like, no, 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 God's got me. Sends a third boat. This time he can barely even talk. He's like, oh, God's got me. <laughs> so he gets to heaven after he's died. He's like, God, why you let me die? He said, well, I sent three boats. What else you want me to do? <laughs> God has sent y'all this experience. Get the fuck and out still now. You're going to be with James. You're still going to be with Raya. Okay, ain't nothing else he could do. You're ain't nothing else he could do. So, I didn't know where you're going with yeah. that. That was funny. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah. So I hope I hope they they pay attention to what's in front of them and move accordingly. But I know they're probably not, which is so fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. But whatever. And then we meet Raya's sister, which she seems like she's got some fucking sense. It's just she like how did y'all came from the same family. But this is also another example as to how you know Raya was not feeling Trey. Mm. You ain't never told your sister that you love Trey mm. and that Trey has professed his love for you in two years. You don't like that man. Mm-mm. Ain't no way. Mm-mm. Ain't no. And like, it's not like she didn't tell her sister because they don't have a close relationship. Because right. When they get on the topic of like their sex life, mm. you don't just have those conversations. I sure don't. People. I don't even think I've talked with you about my sex life ever. Really, maybe like once right. or twice, not so, regularly. <laughs> You have that relationship with her where y'all share shit that's like deep and important. So she don't like him. Yeah. She don't like him. That's You're right. Is. You're right. And you then... just don't want to get embarrassed on national television. <laughs> but you want to embarrass him. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then sweet Ryan and James. So Lord. James is tight about Ryan and Trey's relationship. And it was so funny because they're when they first get back together and they're on their again, like lakeside date, Ryan is joking about how her and Trey like always subconsciously matched. And James is like, um, I'm gonna ask you to stop doing that now. And she's like, Why? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Cause I was envious of y'all's relationship, which I'm glad he said that. I'm glad that he just came out and was like, saying like i was jealous not like you're disrespecting me or nah, 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 nah. Mm-hmm. he was like actually being vulnerable in that moment so kudos to you there james kudos to Ryan. take notes <laughs> right exactly yeah. and then you know she's like well i want to share though about our time together because like this is how i grew with him during that time and like how did you grow and then she goes into this whole thing of saying like you know I think that you think I'll never leave you. And that's not true anymore. Like, if I'm not your top priority, I'm piecing the fuck out. I was like, come on, blue eyed butcher. That's right. (laughs) Put your foot down, ho. Exactly. And so I think that he really took that to heart. And so later on in the episode, Mm -hmm. he like finally has opening up to her about what happened in his childhood. And so I'm like, oh, God, where are we going? And then he said that he used to harm himself, like self-harm. I have a lot of questions, not about the self-harm part, but about the fact that, like, okay, if his mom was a truck driver, who was watching him? Like, did he have a babysitter? Did he have a nanny? he's making is that you know dad passed away when he was two mom was never around i think he felt like he couldn't keep her around not Mm -hmm. that mom has to provide oh so mom has to not be here and so i think you know he internalized that as like damn i lost my dad i can't keep Mm -hmm. my mom here now i don't know how to show up for people because no one no one sticks around or Mm -hmm. i always lose people you know 
Yeah. But so. like, I was thinking more about the logistics of it. Like, you can't just leave your child at home alone. So where was he? <laughs> but that's probably why he is the way he is. That's oh, no, 100%. So because he probably was left at home alone. Now, I hope it was, I hope it was once he like, was of age Older, to be left yeah. at home. Right. But it sounds like the way he's communicating it makes it sound like these were in his developmental years of like oh, for sure. five through 10. And it's like, yeah, that's concerning. <laughs> right. No, 100%. So, yeah. And I was like, yeah. hmm. It, it made me sad because I was like, I hate that you felt like you couldn't tell her that because she clearly knew you when this shit was still happening to some extent. Now, I don't know how much it was happening when he was in high school compared to otherwise, but it was still happening. Yeah. And I think now it all makes perfect sense as to like in the, in the first episode when he's like, there's 8 billion people on this world. How do we know that this is our soulmate and da, 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 da. Or like, there's only one person for you, blah, blah, blah. I think he was saying those things as a defense mechanism in case they went through this experience and it didn't work out and they went through this experience and he didn't have the courage to share what he shared yeah um but i think too based on the little that we know about ryan's upbringing it was drastically different so to be on the polar opposite side of being around a house full of people mm -hmm. i'm sure her she probably comes from a little bit of money to some extent mm -hmm. so from going from what he may have been in like a little shack or a trailer or something to go hanging out with his girlfriend who's got all these resources and all this family and they all seem so perfect it probably is like damn how do i fit in here i don't mm -hmm. so like he's probably constantly been battling with how how am i worthy enough to be a part of this woman's life so it all makes sense it does it does yeah. but at the same time again if after seven years you still feel like i don't know where i fit i don't know how i belong i can't share with her these deep dark things why are you with her right and it also makes you wonder what y'all be talking about for seven years no, clearly not shit that's what I'm saying. Like, how, how, like, on what foundation is y'all's relationship built? Because if y'all don't know, like, these intimate, deep things about each other, yeah, what, what are y'all's conversations like typically? Right. Well, it may be too that, you know, like we were talking about how Alex hasn't had a lot of struggle. I don't know if Ryan has either. And so he may feel right. like, well, if she's not sharing anything super deep, then why should I? And True. again, if you're in the place where you are even considering getting married and you can't share that stuff, then you're just not ready, my guy. You're just right. not. Yeah. But I will say, again, I'm thankful that he shared it and felt comfortable enough with her to do so because that took a lot, especially to stay on national television or not even national, international television at this point. But I don't know. I don't know. And I think she received it really well too. Cause you know, there are some mm -hmm. people who would hear that and like run clear the other fucking way. And so I'm glad that she received it, but I'm like, but you see how much care she's trying to take of you in this moment. That is what you should always expect from this woman. But I think like for some people in the world, when they, when they are so like, hard on themselves they don't mm -hmm. think that they're deserving of that type of love yeah you're right and so 
they just try to self-sabotage or avoid getting too deep. And I think mm-hmm. that's probably what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unfortunate. And so like, yes, I know I say that Ryan and Trey should move on together. Because <laughs> I just can't imagine what James, how he would react if Ryan left him after knowing this information. You know oh, what? for sure. Nigga could be manipulating the situation. Oh, I don't think so. I don't. But he could be. He could be. He could be like, if I don't share this, she's definitely going to leave. What reason does she have to stay? That's fair. But knowing how kind-hearted she is, if I tell her this, she ain't going to go nowhere. She's mm. not that type of person. Even if she wanted to go, she wouldn't. That's terrible. Mm. I hope not. That's how people are, though. <laughs> That's how people are. It's crazy. Oh, my. But that really ends our Oof. four through seven recap. So it was a lot. It was a little messy, but here we are. Okay, so final predictions. What I did this before I watched the rest of the episodes, but so uh-huh. based on these, where do you think all the couples are going to end at on Ultimatum Day and then reunion time? So like proposals, who's accepting, who's not, and okay. then who's going to still be together? Okay, Okay. Um, because for those of you, just as a reminder, Destiny's already watched all these episodes. So my prediction is that. But I did this before I watched them all. Oh, okay, okay. My prediction is that, well, well, I more so said that because you're not going to give a prediction. Um, No, I am. My prediction is that. Because I wrote it. Why you give a prediction? Because I wrote it down before I knew what the outcome was. I did that on purpose. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, so my prediction is that Ryan and James will, he'll propose, they'll accept, reunion, they'll still be together. Okay. I think Trey will propose to Raya. At the reunion, though, I do not think they'll be together. Okay. I think Antonia will propose to Roxanne. I do not think she will accept, and I do not think that they will be together. Okay. I do not think Alex will propose, and I do not think that they will still be together. Okay. So I said that I thought Ryan and James and Ryan and Trey would both get engaged, but they won't stay together mm-hmm. by the reunion. Okay. I said Kat and Alex will get engaged and they will still be together by the reunion. Okay. And then I said Antonio and Roxanne won't get engaged, but they will still be together by the okay. reunion. Got it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We'll see. Yes. Tune in next week for whose predictions were accurate (laughs) in the conclusion (laughs) did you have any savage af thoughts about these set of episodes gosh my savage af moment for these four episodes is that alex put roxanne in her fucking place and she deserved it i was thinking the same thing i was like alex is a dick but he's right he was a dick. He was an ass. But Roxanne needed that. Mm-hmm. She needs a fucking wake up call. Like, yes, you might be great, but like, you don't have to boast about like you're the most amazing thing since sliced bread. Sure, no. Even sure, if that is the truth. No. So. And then, like, also being able to see other people's perspectives. Like, I don't think Roxanne, she's not one of those people you can have a conversation with. It doesn't seem that way. No. That, like, you can t- say your point of view. She says her point of view. And then she's like, oh, okay, I can see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem like that type of person at all. Literally. So, yeah, she needs, she needs, she needs a little humbling. And mm-hmm. so I hope, I hope that did it enough for her. Agreed. Yeah. So then, y'all, until next week, 
we will see you later. You can find us at Savage Reality Podcast on Instagram. DM us if you have questions or email us at realityforsavages at gmail.com. Those are both included in our show notes. Also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help people find us. Again, thank you all to everyone who already has. And then stay tuned. We will see you soon. Bye, sister. Adios.